0: This is Speaking of Writers. I'm Steve Richards. Ben Coase is a New York Times bestselling author of political thriller and espionage novels who draws upon his early career at the White House and his godfather's experience as a Navy SEAL to write realistic books with plots that could be ripped from tomorrow's headlines. In Coase's latest book called The Island, America faces the worst terrorist attack since 9-11. As Iran puts... A plan in motion to exact revenge for years of sanctions. Another of Iran's goals is to neutralize the CIA's most successful agent, Dewey Andres. Ben Coes is the New York Times bestselling author of international espionage thrillers, including Trap the Devil, Eye for an Eye, Independence Day, and First Strike. Before writing his first novel, Power Down, he worked at the White House under two presidents and was a fellow at the John F. Kennedy School of Government, lives with his wife and four children in Wellesley, Massachusetts, Happy to have Ben Coase join me now here on Speaking of Writers. Ben, welcome to this program.
1: Uh, Steve, thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here.
0: So where did the idea for the island come from?
1: I don't know. Just kind of, uh, you know, like all ideas. I mean, it's my 10th book. The island's my 10th book. So, uh, you know, you have to kind of dig down and and think about... You know each each plot, and, and they kind of get harder as uh, you know. There are only so many enemies and, and places and stuff like that. But I would say the idea for the plot came from where the plots of all my books have come from, which is just looking around and seeing real threats that face us in in real time. Talking to people who are in intelligence, or in politics, or in military and getting their perspective hearing what's top of mind for them uh and and uh and my imagination so i think a combination of those three things I, but really as you as you mentioned i i i try to write books that are ripped from tomorrow's headlines i try to and i the way to do that i in my opinion is to just look around and to properly analyze what the real threats are and then use, you know, use that, that truth, that, that reality um, uh, as a platform to then put fiction on top, if that makes sense.
0: Yeah, I get your uh, take. It's talking about uh, threats there and, and from the headlines on Afghanistan in just a few moments here. What U.S. security vulnerabilities are attacked in this book and how are they exploited?
1: There are two primary uh, ways that Hezbollah in this book. Iran attacks America, and and vulnerabilities that they exploit. The first is New York City. The fact that it is essentially an island, hence why it's called the island. There are only four tunnels going into and out of New York City if you don't include things like subways and utility tunnels. Um, So... It is, in a way targetable if that makes sense it's also right on the you know right on the ocean um, or close to the ocean right on the eastern seaboard but the main one I wanted to write about is is just the simple truth of the fact that um, I think that a well-planned operation could really do a lot of damage on uh, on New York City on Manhattan specifically due to its, essentially geographic vulnerability. And then the other part of the book that I write about that I have wanted to write about for some time, it's just been hard to try to figure out how to lay it out into a, a uh, an exciting plot, is, is the Federal Reserve. The Federal Reserve manages around uh, $5 trillion. And approximately. And of that amount, believe it or not, less than 5% is in cash. So the rest of it is, is you know, in a digital format, digital checks and balances, balance sheet. And, you know, the, the Fed is what undergirds our economy or government. Uh, it is the vehicle through which banks receive money uh, when they need it. Um, borrowing money from the Fed, same with other governments, and you know I have long thought, and I believe, and still think, and, and in fact, I'm increasingly concerned about about the fact that ninety five percent of, uh, and again that's an approximate approximation, but of of our wealth, our liquidity at the Fed is in is in a digital format, and when you, when you see The types of events that have occurred in the past uh, few years, and the growing prevalence of cyber terrorism, cyber hacking, um, uh, and just cyber warfare generally, and you and you look at state sponsors of cyber terrorism as well as private entities. You know it's happening more and more. You know they shut down um, the. Pipeline earlier this year. I mean, and and there are just hunt attempts, and um, it's so. I write about the Fed, and I think I figured out a way to make it fun and interesting. It's not, it's not necessarily simple if you think about it. Trying to make the Fed and the vulnerability interesting, but I think I made it very compelling, and so far the um, my readers uh, have loved that. That part of it, and uh, I think it's it's pretty innovative, and I think it's. But I don't know if it's the first time it's ever been written about in such a manner, a fictitious manner. Um, but I think I pulled it off. I think I made it interesting, and I think it's even a little bit educational. I definitely took some poetic license, though, Steve, mm-hmm. um, because it's actually very opaque. It's very hard to. Um, Know exactly how that system, it's called FedWire, how it works, who manages it, et cetera. So those were the two big things.
0: Chatting with Ben Coase here on Speaking of Writers. His new book is The Island No Bridges, No Tunnels, No Escape. Look at how terrorists could exploit U.S. targets. Latest international thriller from Coase. The character Dewey Andres, CIA's most successful agent. Ben, how did you create Dewey?
1: Oh, that's a great question. I, you know, after working in politics and government, I went into the private sector for a number of years, worked in private equity, and wanted to write, um, always wanted to write a book. I went to Columbia, New York City, and uh, and I always thought, I was an English major, I always wanted to write a book, and I got off into my career and, and built a family, stuff like that. And I would always tell myself, "I'm going to write a book, gonna write a book." And I never did it, and I woke up one day and and my wife I said exactly that to my wife, and she said, "Well, get up and start writing and and I, and so I did, and I literally, probably because I spent a lot of time in the oil industry, um, the energy industry I pictured a guy on an offshore oil platform, and I just started describing this guy on an offshore oil platform. I didn't even know, if, Steve, if it was going to be a thriller or not. I called him Dewey, and it turned into a thrill, and that turned into the opening scene in my first book, Power Down. And, uh, and that's, so he came from, I don't know where he came from, but he just popped up that day, and he is a little bit, like almost like an alter ego, he's he probably represents what I, if I was going to be uh, a hero, so to speak, or uh, you know an operator, how you know how I am, and I think it's the tenth book with with him in it, and I think readers really have come to know him and really like like him a lot. I think he's you know he's very tough and everything like that, but he's not superhuman. He's got flaws. He's relatable, and I think people like that about him. And you now with the island, it's it is my tenth book. All my books are can be read as standalones, uh, and I try to I work hard to to you know give background to the reader on on Dewey's background, um, on his backstory, on what got him there in unique ways each book. So you. If The Island is your first time reading a Ben Coe's book, you're going to understand Dewey and understand the backstory a little bit. And hopefully, if you like it, you'll buy the other books. Uh, but if you've already read the other books, The Island is not going to be repetitive in terms of that, that aspect of it. Because I try to bring in a fresh you know, way of looking at, at Dewey each time.
0: Ben, for first-time readers, which of your books should they start with?
1: I would start with this one. It's out there now and it's very topical. I'd start with The Island and um, I think it I think it's my best yet. I think uh and um but I would start with The Island and see what you think and if you like it, I would and and I this happens a lot. Every one of my books is sold a little bit more than the last one. Uh and what happens is every book there's going to be these new readers and then they say, wow, I didn't, I've did not i never read a Ben Coast before. I'm going to go back and read the other ones and that's great. Um, so I would start with The Island and then the series does work in order. I do think it, there's probably an incremental level of satisfaction in going from beginning to end but I would start with The Island. It's available in every format as you can imagine out mm-hmm. there. E-book, Kindle, Nook, iBook um, audible and uh, audio CD and and uh, you know the the audiobook is great, the narrator is terrific and then of course hardcover and it's available everywhere and I always encourage people to go to a local bookstore and and buy it and if they don't happen to have it because as you can imagine, local bookstores can't always get every single book that comes out. They should have, it, but if they don't, then ask them to order it. And I always think it's important to support local bookstores. But if you don't want to do that, just go to Amazon or Barnes & Noble uh, or any other kind of online form, and and, and you can buy it. I think Costco usually has my books. And, yeah, I'd start with the island. And I always, Steve, I always encourage people to buy at least 10 copies in case they lose one. (laughs) Sure, yes. (laughs)
0: <laughs> did you always know, Ben, that you were a pretty good storyteller?
1: Uh yeah, I, d- I did, I did, I. Uh, I mean, not when I was like three. Um, <laughs> at that point, I was uh, focused on fun getting my diapers, <laughs> but I accomplished that. I was out of them by the time I was eight. Uh, no, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> no, the uh, what I'll tell you what happened. I grew up in um, in Connecticut, and my grandmother was a always encouraging me to write, and she had been, she uh, she lived in Stanford, and she was the first female president of a big advertising firm in New York City, Young and Rubicam, and uh, so she always encouraged me to write, always encouraged me to write, so I was in seventh grade, I wrote this short story, and she entered it into a contest for something, I'm not sure it still exists, but it was, Called something like the New York Festival of the Arts. We went to it, it as you know, big, huge crowd, and there were and and they had different categories of contests, and you got like money if you if if you won. But there were a lot of you know tons of entries, and so she entered it and in the adult fiction uh, category, and so we were there, and then and they went to announce. And the winner, first prize in the adult Fishing category is Ben Coase. And I was like, oh, my God. And everybody started clapping, so I walked up. The person who was giving out the award said, oh, are you picking this up for your father? <laughs> 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 I was like, no, that was me. And uh, anyway, I think that was probably the first time where I was like, wow, I guess maybe people like what – like how I, 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 I write I put words down and uh, yeah I've always I, I've, I don't know what it is but if I'm, I think I'm good at getting people to just keep flipping the pages and making them want to uh, continue the, to turn the pages and when people say that that's how it feels when you read one of my books to me that's the greatest compliment.
0: I want to ask you about What's been dominating the headlines for the last week or so, Afghanistan and the withdrawal from Afghanistan affecting U.S. security uh, and in the region, Uh, how concerned are you?
1: Well, I I think that we are a lot less safe as a country today than we were a week ago. I think it was a, not only was it badly done, I think everyone, you know, acknowledges that. I think. You know, I I think it was a mistake to get out of there. I mean, I was against that war. I was against Iraq as well. Um, The reality, though, is that the Afghan war had ended, um, and we had 2,500 troops there supporting the Afghan military and helping to keep the country stable. And there was relative stability between the Afghan government with our support and backing and the Taliban. We, you know, we have 28,000 troops in South Korea. We have, I think, 9,000 in Germany. We've got 7,000 in Western Africa. I mean, we have troops all over the, all over the world. And I think that pulling them out, those 2,500, was done for symbolic reasons. And I think it was a huge mistake. And we are a lot... A lot less safe. I mean, and in addition to the fact that it was done horribly badly, the the scenes I think of people falling from the planes and stuff like that is going to be etched in our minds for a long time. And and you know, I think we uh, really harmed a lot of innocent people by by the way it was done. It was just incompetent. But the larger decision, I think, was a terrible decision, an, an absolute. An absolutely terrible decision, and it's uh, and that, so I think we're a lot less secure that in Afghanistan uh, will most likely become a you know another training and recruitment and breeding ground for uh, for terrorism will be brought on the west and on onto our shores. I hope I'm wrong, Steve, but. You know, I think that's, that's what has been set up, and it's, it's, it's too bad.
0: He's Ben Coes. The uh, new book out now is called The Island, No Bridges, No Tunnels, No Escape. Ben, thank you so much for joining me.
1: Steve, thanks for having me.
0: And this is Speaking of Writers.